Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Well, there you go. In the battle of high-quality lefties, Eddie Rodriguez was better than Madison Bumgarner and a five-game Fenway losing streak ended just in time for the Sox to hit the road. Win number 80 is in the books. Best they can get to is 90, which would still leave them out of the playoffs, but at least they can say they were competitive many years from now when... Scholars are beaming live info into one another's brains through molecular transference technology. Until that time, we will know the truth that uh, 2019 was not that competitive or even that fun. But on days like Thursday, with a crispness to the air and a win, although it was dicey at the end, yes, we can bask in a thimble full of joy, because why not? Let the basking commence. Sox 5, Giants 4. This is Sox Daily. It's your Daily Socks Podcast. It's your Daily Socks Podcast. It's where you're going to find out what the socks are doing. It's your Daily Socks Podcast. It's your Daily Socks Podcast. Oh, it's your Daily Socks Podcast. And here's your host, Josh Sure, Tampa Bay's got 90 wins and the Yankees are closing in on 100, but 80 is a better number than, oh, say, 49, right, Baltimore? Better than 45, right, Detroit? Uh, 80 and 72 now, and 18 of the 80 wins belong to the coming-of-age Venezuelan lefty, Mr. Eduardo Rodriguez. Josh Lewin with you. Eddie had to work a little bit, and the bullpen certainly did, too. Eddie was at 92 pitches through five innings, but by then he was up 5-1. to one. Another game against a National League opponent where he strikes out double digits. All five of his starts against NL competition this year, yes. The 2070s made against the American League, no. Pretty amazing. But uh, make it 14 straight times the Sox have beaten a National League team when Rodriguez gets the start. That's something Rick Porcello did as well not too long ago, which is weird. Rodriguez's line, six innings, no earned runs allowed means his ERA is now better than Bumgarner's ERA this year. And in a season that's otherwise been miserable for Red Sox starters, Eddie is now 18-6. and six. Five earned runs allowed in his last 45 innings. That's an ERA of one on the button in that time. Best in the major leagues. Ten strikeouts. He played peekaboo with the sunshine and shadows pretty much from the second through the sixth inning. 199 strikeouts for the year now. 16 more. He'll end up leading the team instead of sale or price. And he will have done it for a sale price. Uh, he makes $4 million this year. Those other two combined make $48 million. And uh, if you don't like that stat or care about that stat, I'll ask you to nibble on this little protein bar of knowledge. Uh, the Sox, when Eddie starts this year, are 24-8, and eight, which means when he doesn't start, the Sox are 56-64. and 64. 19 swing and miss pitches for Eduardo Rodriguez. Uh, and again, with the 10 strikeouts, he's looking like a power pitcher now. Only two walks or only three hard hit baseballs by San Francisco. 
in fairness, not a lot of Red Sox balls were hit hard, not even if they stepped on a rake. Thank you. Uh, but for Eddie, it was total dominance with his fastball middle-middle, just powering it by people. And for the year now, a better win above replacement number than Clayton Kershaw. With the win, and again, it was uh, kind of nail-bitey at the end, the Sox improve, I guess you can say, to 37-41 and 41 at home. They're 43-31 and 31 on the road. And remember, they started out 3-10 and 10 on the road. This game started out with San Francisco ahead. Evan Longoria sack fly to left after a sloppy first uh, inning, and the Red Sox had to rally. They did immediately. Benintendi, who had been over his last 11, five for his last 58, lofted a double, kind of a misplayed double. Kevin Pillar having trouble with the sun. And I'm sorry, Kevin Pillar, you're not a gold glover. Jackie Bradley Jr. is. Just throwing that out there. Christian Vasquez, he of the career year, a walk. Devers, a single to right to tie the game. Bogarts, a single to center to make it 2-1. to one. And then, in the second inning, it looked like the Sox would pull away. Instead of all this happening with nobody out, it all happened with two out. But again, it was Benintendi, a bloop into center for a single. Vasquez blooped one into right for a double. Devers then singled in another and would eventually steal a base, too. Something I think Rafi needs to do more of. Now, he's only 9-4-17 in that department this year, but I, I wouldn't mind if Rafi turned on those jets a little. It was a bloop from Rafi, too. And then Bogart's a legit two-RBI hit to chase home a couple more, make it 5-1. to one. And in the RBI derby, it's now Devers 110, Bogart's 109. This is going to go right down to the wire. And those two, as you probably have heard by now, that they're a combo platter, 30 home runs, and 50 doubles for each of them. First teammates in Major League history to be able to do that. And for Devers, he and Alex Bregman, the only third baseman ever to go 30-50, and he's the second player ever, regardless of position, is Rafi to reach those totals in a season at the age of 22 or younger. So a lot of good stuff to talk about with that. What was not so great is this game almost got away. I mean, here it was just kind of cruising on this Thursday afternoon, 5-1, it was 5-1 forever, it seemed. But then two in the top of the eighth with Marcus Walden charged with those. Matt Barnes came on to strike out pinch hitter Steven Vogt. That was big. It was bases loaded, two out, kept it 5-3. to three. Red Sox looked like they might add on Mike Yastrzemski, of all people. Uh, clanked one in left field. Might have been a sun issue, but it, well, it was a grandson issue, I suppose. Thank you again. But the uh, error charge to other Yaz helped to load the bases. Devers fouled out to the catcher, and that made it still just five runs on the board. And, boy, uh, uh, one more, that would have made you breathe a little easier because in the ninth against Brandon Workman, who really did have to work for his 15th save, a throwing error by Chris Owings. He, he's still on the team. It's a true fact. Uh, that opened it up. Christian Adamas with a base hit and then a walk to the former BC Eagle, Chris Shaw, loaded him up, nobody out, 5-3. to three. However, Brandon Crawford strikes out, taking a pitch that looked to be a little high. Thank you, Will Little, for calling that strike three. And then it was Yaz. It was Mike Yastrzemski up and a nice long at bat, but finally a fastball blows him away, and it's two out with the bases loaded. That was the 16th strikeout of the day for Red Sox pitching at that point. Kevin Pillar... Uh, oh, bases loaded walk makes it five to four. And you're really starting to get nervous now, especially when Longoria comes up next. Only Edwin Encarnacion has more home runs among active players at Fenway. I think everybody in the ballpark knew that, or at least had a sense of that. 
Again, it goes to three and two. The 29th pitch of the inning for Workman. He gets the strikeout, and there's your ball game. Five runs, 10 hits, two errors. That's how it went for the victors. It was four, six, and one for San Francisco. They do end up taking two out of three in the series to the Giants. Time of the game, as always, three hours and 17 minutes. Alex Cora meeting with the media after the game. Here's what he had to say. Excellent again. Uh, good fastball, good changeup, good tempo, a lot of swings and misses. He's been outstanding. And, uh, you know, what else can we say? You know, it's been going on for a while. And uh, now you see the strikeouts way up there and the walks staying low. So, I mean, he's, he's put in a great season. Alex, how much of the season that he's having do you think is a mental thing with him, like a mindset? No, I, I do believe the offseason had to do a lot with what's going on. Uh, it's the first time in a while that it was just, you know, just get ready for next year. Um, he didn't pitch that much towards the end. And, um, and you know, that game in, in L.A. gave him confidence. He was outstanding that night. So um, going into spring training, he had some goals. He's been talking about him. Um, you know, he's physically, he's at another level right now. It seems like he's getting stronger. Um, the velocity's up. The change-up action is a lot better. He's adding a breaking ball. He has a cutter back door and the front, front door sinker. There's a lot of weapons there. Can't run against him. He does an outstanding job holding runners. Um, you know, he, he's, he's doing everything. Given where you are in the standings, uh, and a lot of seems like a lot of personal achievements are, you know, piling up here in the last week. Do you get the sense that the team has sort of rallied behind uh, Erod's effort to get to twenty? Yeah, I mean, there's been a lot of talk about that. We we set the rotation for him to to go as many times as possible with regular rest. He can hold the workload, you know. Um, you know if he doesn't win that one, probably we made an adjustment, but we still we still got a shot, so he'll be ready for his next one in Texas. And, uh, and you know, I think we'll use the bullpen, obviously, if they're rested, you know, in those outings. Uh, with his fastball, you know, what, what are you seeing specifically? Like, is it... You know, do you think that it's deception that's allowing him to succeed? Like, because a lot of their swings and misses in the middle of the zone. You talk a lot about. You know, I mean, but it's in the upper upper half, and that's where he action, uh, actually his fastball plays best. And now he's added the two seamer. He's been a lot better uh, the last few outings. He has a cutter, but uh, that forcing fastball up in the zone, it it gets it, it finishes, and and then he has one of the. Best action changeups in the in the big leagues, so it's kind of hard to cover both both uh, both zones. And he he he's been a lot better than early in the season. Specifically with the four seam, meaning like specifically getting the four seamer to that part of up the in the zone. Yeah, I mean, there's no actually an exact box that we have to go as long as it's up. You know, uh, the action is outstanding. Uh, the last pitch by Workman, the, the call and the execution there to go breaking ball, what were your thoughts? I mean, that's what he's been doing the whole season, uh, not giving, um, avoiding damage. Um, 
it was a tough one today. You know, we don't make a play. Then you know, we walk a few people, but uh, uh, he made some good pitches with the fastball in, during that inning. And it's one of the best breaking balls in the big leagues as far as numbers. So he was going to you know, win it or they were going to tie with that pitch right there. So execution was great. Longoria, you saw him. He was very patient throughout but he wasn't able, uh, able to, to take that one. It is such a good one because he, he, he throws it on top shelf of the strike zone and then he's able to, to bounce it or he's, he's close enough to, to the edge of the bottom of the zone that you have to offer. It's not that easy. And you look at the numbers and it's, it's crazy to see 120 and 190. And you know, I think the whip is a little bit high, not high, but... He has a whip because he, he's walked people, but we talked about it last year with Barnsley. And, and you know, it's the give and take. You, know, you, you avoid damage or, or you move, to, move, uh, move on to the next guy. All right, there is your manager as now it's on to Tampa Bay and Texas, the double T road trip here. And Tampa Bay just had an exhilarating comeback win Wednesday night at Dodger Stadium. They flew all the way back home to enjoy an off day. And now... It will be on the mound, Charles Alfred Morton IV. We know him as Charlie. He will oppose Rick Porcello in the first of four at Tropicana Field, Battle of the Jersey Boys. They grew up about 35 minutes from each other. And Charlie Morton, 15-6 and six, with a 3.16, although he's hit a little bit of a wall of late. He's got a 5.55 ERA in his last five games. Tyler Glass now against a cast of thousands on Saturday. Ryan Yarbrough, who's 11-4, against Nathan Avaldi. He and his 619 San Diego area code ERA. That'll be Sunday afternoon. And then Jolis Chassin will try it again. He's the Monday starter against Blake Snell, who's come off the injured list. And it'll be a very important piece for Tampa Bay down the stretch. Of course, the Rays are jockeying here with the A's and the Indians. When the musical chairs game stops, one of those three teams is going to get left out. And credit Oakland. They, they just continue to win and really kind of bust the balls of, of the other teams there. So uh, Morton, uh, we mentioned on the mound for this opener, he's kind of the one who got away because as he considered potential free agent destinations this offseason, it's a guy that grew up in Connecticut, although we said he was born in Jersey. He contemplated the homecoming. You know, the Red Sox had a rotation spot open. And that went to Avaldi, as it turned out. But anyway, Charlie Morton at 15 and 6. Glass now is 6 and 1 with a 2.03. Yarbrough, Snell. I mean, that's a pretty good looking pitching staff right there. However, the Red Sox, they are not going to go gently into that good night. They don't want to finish 20 games behind the Yankees, and they are in danger of that now. They're not a team built to come back, as you probably are aware. Other teams have been doing that to them all year. A stat that really jumps out, you know, when you're 3-57 and 57, trailing after eight innings, that's normal. I mean, that's no big deal. When you start shrinking it down and you're something like that trailing after seven, that gets your attention. But that's the number when the Red Sox are trailing after six this year. They're 3-57 and 57 when they trail after six innings. And last year's team obviously was just bent on the ability to come back. They get that big double in the alley or something like that. But uh, speaking of doubles, before we leave you, this is uh, something I think you should know. Very important statistical mumbo-jumbo. You got Bogarts with 50. You got Devers with 50. You got Mookie with 40. You've now got Benintendi with 40. So the top four doubles guys in the American League are all Boston Red Sox. If it stays that way, 
that's phenomenal. I mean, obviously, Fenway is a park that rewards you for a double stroke. But to have the top four American League guys all doing that, that is phenomenal. Uh, they're going to have to do it against the Tampa Bay, not only starting rotation coming up, but bullpen that's been amazing. And I think that the key part of that is how they keep changing out the plow horses here. They keep getting the field looking great. And that's something the Red Sox really haven't been able to say. You guys know how the Red Sox have had to change out the horses this year, too. But think about Tampa Bay. Alvarado was supposed to be their, their dominant guy as kind of the, the eighth inning man setting up whoever was going to close for them. And that was a TBA starting the year. Turns out it's Angel Pagan who leads the team and saves. And then Diego Castillo is next. With Alvarado shut down for the year, you've got Pagan, Castillo, Oliver Drake has a couple saves, Jalen Beeks has one, Pete Fairbanks has a couple, Adam Kolarik, who's now a Dodger, has one, Colin Poche, Chaz Rowe, some guy named Aaron Slagers, Hunter Woods got one. He's no longer with the team. That's 11 different Tampa Bay Rays with a save. That is very close to a major league record. 12 is that record. So uh, credit Tampa Bay. They're hanging in the race with their pitching. The Red Sox are just barely hanging on with their pitching. But good for Eduardo Rodriguez. He is the kind of the outlier. He wins number 18, and the Red Sox can hit the the flight to Tampa Bay feeling groovy here. Save number 15 for Workman we mentioned. And just real quick, this is a cute little trivia question, I guess, if you want to throw this one around. If you look at guys with double-digit win totals on the Red Sox this year, you certainly would have figured Sale, Price, and Evaldi, right? I mean, would have been up there. Evaldi's got one win, so forget about that. Sale, obviously, 6-11. and 11. You probably remember that when he got shut down. And Price got shut down with seven wins. The guys with double digits, Eddie now with 18. Porcello, despite that ridiculous 5.80 RA, has 13. He's got a winning record, 13 and 12 with a 5.80 RA. The other guy who shows up as a double-digit winner with the Red Sox, you, you probably won't get it because, remember, you, you got to smush stats together sometimes. He didn't win them all with the Red Sox, certainly. In fact, he has won two as a Red Sox. But remember, Andrew Kashner had nine as an Oriole somehow. So he's got 11. It's going to show up that Andrew Kashner won 11 games and pitched for the Boston Red Sox in 2019. A couple other guys could still get to double digits, by the way, and they're both out of the bullpen. Marcus Walden is 9-2. and two. Workman is 9-1. and one. Workman's arm might fall right off, though. That was appearance number 69, giggity, for, uh, for the season on Thursday. And again, it took 29 pitches to get through it. But he got the save. His ERA is still 2 right on the button. And it's a heck of a year for Brandon Workman. Not so much for the Red Sox overall. I know, 80 wins, not, oh, for example, 108 like a year ago. It was 104 through this many games in 2018. This year, they are two dozen off that pace. But they can go on the road and end on a high note. The T's are standing by. Nice pair of T's out there. Tampa and Texas. And then back home to, well, hopefully beat up the Orioles and finish on a really high note the Orioles are are not good all right I can't promise that the podcast is much better than that but at least we got through it and on we go this is Sox Daily this is Josh Lewin thanks again for tuning in talk soon
We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com.